and welcome to another episode of the Ask Geeks Podcast. How y'all doing this wonderful Friday Eve, huh? How y'all doing? How y'all doing? Thank you for tuning in and making this your first listen every morning, bright and early, to start your day. Let's get into this, because your boy is hype. You already know what game we talking about this morning. You already know. Shout out my team. Shout out the Celtics. We came through. We did what we had to do. This team is playing excellent, amazing, phenomenal. What other words can I use? Team basketball. That's what we're doing. We're, 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 we're leaning on our role players. We're doing what we have to do. And we are playing elite, elite, elite defense. Very, very, very much elite. Um, the Nets today, 7-Eleven didn't show up. 7-Eleven didn't show up. They didn't. They did not. Don't be one of those people that's fooled. Because people, I know, I know, I know people... Sports Center, ESPN, all of that. I know a lot of when they put the the little graphics at the end of the game, they don't put them shooting percentages, they don't put them turnovers, they don't put them clamps and fouls and anything else. They be like, Kevin Durant scored twenty seven points and lost against the Boston Celtics. That's not what happened though. Like, you know there's context. There's more to the story. There's more, 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 more to the story. Kyrie Irving only had 10 points after came out dropped 30. Came out had 10 points. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's about to get spooky seasons up in here. The talk's about to get spooky in here. Let 7-Eleven. Come out of here and not win a chip. It's about to get spooky out here. Year one, we gave them a break. Well, we shouldn't have gave them a break, but we gave them a break. Because KD wasn't there. Kyrie was leading the team by himself. We gave him a break. Kyrie came out those first couple games cooking. Remember, he what, he what he dropped like 40 or 50? He dropped something crazy against the Spurs first game. I remember that game. And he was just cooking. They were like, oh, my God, Kyrie back. Blah, blah, revenge tour. He's about to do X, Y, and Z. He's about to cook. Kyrie was on fire at the beginning of that first year. And he struggled with injuries, did stuff like that. And then they ended up missing everything. It's like, okay, cool, 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 cool. Year two. Now they got Katie and Kyrie. Yeah, they struggle with injuries. They do stuff like that. Kyrie goes down. Harden goes down. Harden comes back, and it's like Katie's trying to do this stuff by himself. You have this season. You ain't got Harden there anymore. Kyrie missed half the games. Ben Simmons is looking like he might be there for game four. But, I mean, hey, I always say, and I always have told y'all, is championship isn't just the most talented, but it's not just – it's not just talented players plus good coaching. You chase There is a lot, and I mean a lot, of luck that goes into winning a championship. I know people don't like using luck. People don't like believing in luck and thinking of luck. They say, oh, blah, blah, it's my hard work and effort. Yes, your hard work pays off. 
However, luck is a huge part of this. Um, injuries go into luck because a lot of these injuries, these players have been playing basketball their entire life. A lot of these, like, certain plays that when they get hurt on, they've done that exact play hundreds of thousands of times, and it didn't result in an injury. However, that one time, whether they're running on court, they slip, they they step on somebody's ankle, they be in the wrong place at the wrong time, that's luck. Bad luck, that's luck. Luck is a big part of this. So, yes, they haven't been the, the luckiest because they um have had to deal with injuries. But, hey, that's also not their fault. I mean, not, not like our fault for them. Like we can't get upset at the other team because if the roles were reversed, we wouldn't get that same energy. Last year, Jalen Brown missed. The Celtics were struggling with injuries, and it was Jason Tatum based by himself trying to lead the team. And people didn't give J- Tatum, um, what's it called? They didn't give him a pass. They didn't give him a pass. They did not. They gave Tatum the blame. They made Tatum be like, oh, well, he's supposed to be X, Y, Z. He's supposed to be a top ten player. He's supposed to be him. He's supposed to be him. University. He's supposed to be all these things. And he didn't step up. He had one good game, and the rest of the game, he was mid. That's what. That's what the narrative was. Whether it be NBA media whether it be social media, whatever, it be whatever. That's what people were saying. People weren't giving Tatum his credit. People were saying he didn't show up. He's supposed to be him, and he didn't do, and they were like, we might need to reevaluate. Remember, that's when people were putting Tatum in that tier. Then people been like, okay, maybe he's not in this tier yet. <coughs> Excuse me. Maybe he's not in this tier yet. Maybe he's in the tier with, like, Brandon Ingram and all that. That's a great tier to be in. But maybe he's not in that upper tier, that tier one. Maybe he's just in this tier two right here. And then the Celtics start off bad this year. And people are like, oh, yeah, Tatum is in tier two. He's struggling. He's not doing it. Is Tatum even a number one option? Should it be Brown to be number one option? All right, maybe should, Tatum and Brown should break up. They may, maybe maybe Tatum needs another star here with him, a superstar, because he's not him. He's not him. That's what I had to hear all year. He's not him. So I was like, okay, cool, 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 cool. We didn't get a pass. A lot of these other teams don't get a pass. Like they, 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 it's just, it's just, it's just part of it. There's, there's no championship run where injuries, like one team didn't get lucky with injuries. Say what you want about Toronto. Toronto won that championship, and they earned that championship because they capitalized afterwards. But Katie went down. Clay went down. That's a thing. Like, like, like those are those are injuries that, like, they don't they don't have to happen. Like in another alternate universe, they, those don't happen. And the Warriors win. Like the Warriors win that championship. It just is what it is. And so I'm like, you can't like luck is part of it. I know people don't want to count it unless it's going for their favorite team. Cause. Like you saw it, you saw it the other night. Um, what's it called with Devin Booker getting hurt? And I said, I don't want to hear any excuses. I don't. I don't. I I don't want to hear any excuses for Chris Paul. I don't. I just don't. I don't care that Devin Booker went out. You were supposed to be him. They told me you were the leader of the team. You were number one. You got to capitalize. You got to do what you got to do. So injuries are a part of it. The Pelicans haven't had Zion all year. 
and you're crying because you're like, hey, we don't got our number one. They don't have their number one. Come on now. Make the, that's what true championship contenders do. You're like, dang, our number one's going to be out for a little bit. Hey, let's take that punch, roll over, and we got to survive the storm. Survive the storm, get them back, and then we go from there. That's what you're supposed to do, a true championship contender. So I'm tired of these excuses. Um, I'm going to go more in depth, and that's, that, that whole segment right there was more for what ha- was for a team later. But, um, yeah, I just don't understand why Kyrie and Kevin Durant are getting passes right here. People are talking about, oh, it's Steve Nash. Steve Nash isn't making the right road to, like, adjustments. Steve Nash, yeah, yeah, coach is part of it. Steve Nash ain't out there shooting the ball. Steve Nash didn't go out there and shoot four for 17. Steve Nash didn't shoot four for 13. Yes, Steve Nash didn't make the right adjustments and rotations. He didn't exactly always put the best players on the court. But Steve Nash did not go out there and shoot four for 17 and four for 13. He did not. He didn't. So we're not about to just be like, oh, we're not about to Frank Vogel this. We're not about to Frank Vogel this ish and be like, hey, it is what it is. Name the coach and move on. No. The players are taking some accountability. Y'all not about to give these people a pass. People are saying it's not a stain on KD legacy, and I'm not one of those people that be like, oh, you got to win. But it is going to hurt his legacy. KD don't really got nothing to prove because the only way it hurts his legacy, I'm saying that because people say he a top 10 player of all time. That's going to hurt his resume and his legacy there, but a top 10 player of all time, he don't win another chip or compete for another chip outside of Golden State. Like, if he couldn't get it done with Brooklyn and this whole thing blows up and he couldn't get it done, that's going to hurt his legacy. He's going to be like, oh, I'm not in the top 10. But it's like, okay, you're still a top 20 player of all time. That's the only part. If you're talking about hurting your legacy, that's the only way it hurts him. Like, regardless of if he doesn't win or not, like, after outside of Golden State, he's still a top 20 player of all time. It's just if you want to get up there, you got to do something else. And that's going to hurt. That's going to put a stain on his legacy. For that one moment, if you're trying to make an argument for him to be top 10. And I saw, boy, man, I saw Nets, Nets, man. I saw Nets fans making excuses talking about, well, of course, Tatum and Brown scoring because they going against the Nets defense and the Nets defense is not that good. But but KD and Kyrie going against the Celtics defense. Y'all got number one. Defense. What the What the hell y'all talking about? These are the two t- most skilled players of NBA, the, the two of the most skilled players in NBA history, the most skilled duo in NBA history. Shout out Tracy McGrady. Shout out LeBron. Shout out, what's it called, D-Wade. The most skilled tandem in NBA history. And y'all tell me, y'all trying to be like, oh, well, they playing the cell defense. It makes, it makes sense why they drunk. Nah, I don't want to hear that. I want to hear that. Y'all said this man the greatest score of all time. He is, everybody always say, he is the greatest scorer of all time because he's seven foot and handed the ball, and KD is one of the greatest scorers of all time. Arguably, if you, like, they, like I agree when they talk about when you make a basketball player in the lab, you make KD. You don't make LeBron, you make KD. If you were like, my basketball, the player I want, I'm going to want this seven footer, tall, like just this tall player, can dribble like a point guard can shoot the three, can shoot everywhere, shoot lights out. That's what I want. Skill can can sh- 
three level score. That's what I want if I'm building an offensive player. Just he like just in a lab. That's what I want. And KD is him. Let's not forget KD's him. But we have to hold him accountable. That's what I'm. That's that's on down here. Like I had that same energy with every other player. Y'all heard me come out here when Giannis wasn't performing. We had that same energy with him. We had that same energy with Jimmy Butler. We had that same energy with everybody else that's not performing. KD, I don't care what Nets Twitter talking about. I don't care what NBA Twitter is talking about trying to defend this man. KD got to play better. That's two bad games in a row. That's two bad games in a row. And it's like, what do you need? Don't, 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 don't say your role players not stepping up because Bruce Brown was cooking. Yo, this was a Bruce Brown legacy game. 23, 8, and 4. Man, two blocks. A steal, 8 for 12 from the field, 3 for 4 from the three-point line. Boy, Bruce Brown was cooking. Like, literally, we started off the game trying to put Al Horford on him so he could play hell defense. Bruce Brown went on a 9-0 run by himself and let us know, y'all not helping off me. Bruce Brown was cooking. Bruce Brown was their best offensive player tonight. Bruce Brown was cooking. And I'm like, so I don't end. Bruce Brown was, not just offense. Bruce Brown was their best player tonight. Bruce Brown was playing elite defense. He was he was having Tatum struggle. Tatum was struggling. Like there was that one possession where Bruce Brown gets there, he protects the paint, where Tatum misses the layup. Then Tatum tries to dribble out, tries to pull up the shot. Bruce Brown is right there too. Blocks the blocks blocks Tatum's shot. They go on the Bruce Brown was everywhere. Bruce Brown left his mark on this game. He stepped up. He backed up his talk this game. The game one he did not. Game two. He was here. Goran Dragic had 18 points. Off the bench. You had 18 from Goran Dragic. 23 from Bruce Brown. 16 from Seth Curry. Your bench players and your role players stepped up. You know who didn't step up? 7-11. How you have your bench players out here hooping and your role players out here hooping? Y'all don't perform well. And the blame on everybody but y'all. Somebody explain that to me. Can somebody explain that to me? That don't make sense to me. That don't make sense to me. I don't get how they're getting a pass here. They're not getting a pass for me. They're not getting a pass for me. I don't care about no excuses. I don't want to care about no X, Y, Z, blah, 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 blah. No excuses. No excuses. The series ain't over. We going back to Brooklyn, and I'm not talking like the series is over. A lot of other people talking about the series is over. I know what can happen. This series not over. It's only 2-0. That man KD could go drop 60 next game. Kyrie is good for 60 next game or another game this series. They can go back. They can steal their two games in Brooklyn. They can go crazy in Boston. And they can win. Brooklyn Brooklyn is very, 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 very capable of winning the next four games. But they need that 7-11 to step up. And until they do, I'm saying they don't get a pass. Please prove me wrong. No, I don't want – obviously, I'm rooting for my Celtics, but I'm a player's kind of guy. I I ride with the Celtics all day long, but I don't want to see players play bad. I don't want to see this thing, Katie's legacy. I don't want to see this thing, Kyrie's. I want these players to hoop and play better. But if they don't, I'm going to hold them accountable. 7-Eleven got to play better. Period point blank. They got to play better. Going to Boston, though, Boston side of things, um, Jason Tatum, 19, 6, and 10. You know, Tatum did not shoot the best. He did not shoot the best. 
whatsoever. He shot five for 16. Like I said, that man was struggling finding shots. But Tatum, stop comparing this man to KD. This man don't want to be KD. This man not KD. People keep trying to compare him to KD, talking about he's like the scoring, elite scorer, blah, blah, blah. KD, Tatum is a defense boy. Tatum is a two-way superstar, not an offensive superstar. Tatum is a two-way superstar. Not like and Durant started playing better defense later on when he got to Golden State and everything. But Tatum early on is a two-way superstar. Tatum w- was picking up Durant, plucking him like a chicken. Durant had six turnovers. And it wasn't just Tatum guarding him. Obviously, other people guarded him as well. But when Tatum was on Durant, Durant was struggling. Tatum was playing as good as defense on Durant as I've ever seen anybody ever play on Durant outside of that. His early years when he had like CP guarding him and he was struggling because he wasn't comfortable going against smaller guards and then he got over that when he got that post game. Ever since that time, that period in time, this is the best time I've ever, this is like the best defense I've ever seen played on um, Kevin Durant. The last time we saw Kevin Durant, like hoop hoop, and I'm talking about like we had like a lock lock down defender on him. Was in the NBA final when you put Kawhi on him, and he Kawhi was barbecue chicken. KD was cooking him. KD was cooking him in that first uh, quarter before he got he went down again. He like Kawhi was barbecue chicken. He had Kawhi lost. This man Tatum is playing defense on this man. This man is two way superstar potential. Like I don't want to see if you're gonna compare. First of all, Jason Tatum is his own person. He don't need to be compared to anybody. But if you are gonna compare him to somebody, don't compare him to KD. Don't compare him to Paul Pierce. Compare this man to like people like Paul George. Kawhi Leonard, like, like uh, two-way superstars, because I don't think people give Jason Tatum enough credit as a two-way superstar. Y'all keep talking about his scoring, his offense, his 40 points, his 50 points, 30 points. I don't care about none of that. That man play defense. That man, I have a superstar on my team. If he doesn't shoot well, he still affects the game. Because, one, you saw he's a facilitator now. He's been facilitating like crazy ever since, you know, the energy has shifted. He been, And I've been saying this the whole time. I said Jason Tatum has to become a passer. If he opens up that pass game, his scoring going to be on another level. His scoring going to be on another level. Um, because it's, he's going to face less double teams. People always complain talking about, well, Jokic doesn't face as many double teams as Embiid. You know why? Embiid has come a long way as a pastor. Shout out to Embiid. He has grown as a pastor. But Jokic catch that ball, you try to double Jokic, oh, that's a dot. That's an instant dot. That's an instant dot. Now it's on if his teammates hit a shot. If his teammates aren't hitting a shot, then yes, they can double. But Jokic going to dot you immediately. So you're like, dang, I can't kind of double. I got to, I gotta, you know, play half, 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 going back and forth. And then Jokic can get a one-on-one. Tatum is about to get is getting to that point where he's like, you he can get one-on-ones because if you starting to double him, he's gonna dot you. It's that easy. It's that simple. He's gonna start dotting you. And like I said, my superstar plays defense. My superstar plays defense. In that fourth quarter, struggling, knowing like what well, we on that run, we on that big run after Jalen Brown brought us back. And Tatum saw Goran Dragic on him, he said. He was about to drive. If you look at him at first, he looked like he was, he looked at the river like he was about to drive. Then he realized he's like, hold up, I got Goran Dragic, nigga. I'm Jason Tatum, man. Bucket. Shout out Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown was scoring. Jalen Brown has come a long way. 
He's he's been a become he's become a better facilitator. He was playing elite defense as well. That's something I love having my two stars play defense. Jalen Brown went out there. This man went on a nasty run. When we were down 10, this man went on a nasty run offensively and defensively to bring us back. Shout out Jalen Brown. Shout out Jalen Brown. That man was in attack mode. He was cooking. Smart was still good. Smart was really good. Um, I know his shot wasn't falling, but Smart was playing good defense. He was causing havoc. He was doing what he's supposed to do. Um, Al Horford fouled out on some BS. Al Horford shouldn't have fouled out on that play. That was not a foul. Al Horford should not foul out on that play. But Al Horford has been balling. He has 16 and 6, um, playing elite defense. That man, Al Horford's old. I think people keep forgetting Al Horford is old. Al Horford is 35 years old. That Kimball Walker trade is looking phenomenal. People were clowning us, saying that, oh, yeah, we traded for Kimball Walker. We had to give up a first. We had to get off Kimball's contract. We just made a lateral move. We don't, Al Horford not going to do that. That man, Al Horford, has been hooping. Al Horford has been hooping. Shout out to Al. Shout out to Big Al. You know, the vet. The vet coming in here cooking, doing what he's supposed to do. That man was giving KD hell. That's a 35-year-old big man guarding the greatest score of all time and giving him problems. Having Al Horford there makes me feel so at ease because if we didn't have Al Horford and this was like and, we, and this was like last year and we didn't have Al Horford and we had Tice as our only big or we had Cantor still there or I mean Enos Freedom still there, I would not be feeling good right now. But with Rob out right now, I feel perfectly comfortable with Al Horford there. Daniel Tice, he looked good offensively. He stopped trying to be a little punk, trying to like uh, tap the layup in. He was being more aggressive. He had 15 and 6. But Daniel Tice looks so lost defensively. Oh my God. They do a simple pick and roll. That man, that man was sagging back. And then you see the other players yelling at him to be like, go up, go up, go, go. He like, he move up a little bit, then he moved back a little bit. Then he looking lost. He was looking lost the entire time defensively. I was like, I'm just glad the Nets couldn't take advantage because Daniel Tice was looking so bad defensively. He got in foul trouble early. I'm like, bruh, what are you doing? Do you not? Do not pay attention. Like, you know, Daniel Tice, you used to be, when you were on the Celtics last time, you were a good defender. You know how to play defense. You know how to play good defense. You know what you're supposed to be doing in this pick and roll. Why can a simple pick and roll just throw you completely off your game? Why can a simple pick and roll throw you off your game to where you just don't know what to do anymore? You're like, you're like lost. You're like running around with a chicken with his head cut off. But, so when Al Horford fouled out at the end of the game, and we had Daniel Tice in there. I was like, oh my God. First play, first possession at pick and roll, Daniel Tice was lost. Completely lost. I even said right after, I was like, God dang, Al Horford, not Al Horford. And I was tweeting him, I was like, golly, Tice is really just lost defensively. We just got to survive this, just outscore them because Tice was lost defensively. But good thing that we had other players step up. Like Peyton Pritchard came in there and he was cooking. He came in. He came in that fourth quarter when we need him. He came in throughout the game. He's just been he's been he played thirty two minutes tonight. He played thirty two minutes tonight and he played a lot of Derek White's minutes. Usually Derek White plays a lot. It's like Derek White's supposed to be the person that gets like thirty minutes and then Peyton Pritchard, you know, he gets his little um wait, I'm I mixed that up. No, Grant Williams played thirty two minutes. Peyton Pritchard played like fifteen. I don't know what I'm on. 
I don't know how I mixed up Grant Grant Williams and Peyton Pritchard, but Grant Williams played thirty. But Peyton Pritchard played fifteen minutes. Derek White played thirteen minutes, and Grant I mean um, Peyton Pritchard actually outplayed Derek White. And usually that doesn't happen because Derek White's our, you know, our lockdown, our backup point guard, everything else. He he's our Marcus Smart when Marcus Smart's not on the court. And he may surprise me. He he went with Peyton Pritchard. Peyton Pritchard came out aggressive. Peyton Pritchard came out aggressive. He didn't hit any threes tonight, but he hit five big shots. Like when we were on those runs, they when Brooklyn was run, we need a shot. You saw Peyton Pritchard dribble, mid range jumper. Peyton Pritchard, another jumper. And then in that fourth quarter, Peyton Pritchard, like, snatched back. I thought it was a three, but his head, foot on line, jumper. Then, he, then obviously, he had that backdoor cut. Um, shout out to him reading the backdoor cut because, you know, he also had a wide-open three. But that was a much, much more difficult pass. He cuts from the corner, gets that backdoor cut, easy layup in the fourth. And then, like, shot clock going down. Uh, you see Jason Tatum asking for the ball and all these other people asking for the ball. Peyton Pritchard like, Katie on me. Floater. Floater with the right right over Katie. Book it. I don't care that man's seven foot. That's not a shot blocker down there. Just floated right over Katie. Kissed it off the glass. Bucket. Peyton Pritchard played well. Like I said, Derek White didn't really give us much because they kind of went away from Derek White. Grant Williams. Grant Williams came out here. And hooped. That man, Grant Williams, gave us 17 and 6. He gave us two blocks. That man was 4 for 4 from the field, 3 for 3 from the three-point line, and 6 for 6 from the free throw line. When we needed him the most, when Daniel Tice got in foul trouble, Grant Williams, Batman answered the call. Shout out Batman. Batman answered the call. Batman came out here. He hit his shots. He played defense. He rebounded. He did everything. We needed him to do. I know we've seen that stat where the Celtics are 40 and 1 when they're up 2 0. I remember back then when that stat came up and they were like, oh, the Celtics are XYZ. And oh, when they up 2 0 in the series and then LeBron happened. When this time LeBron not happening, but we have Katie and Kyrie. They're very capable of doing this. Celtics fans don't think the game series is over. Nets fans, I know you don't know this. I know you know the series is not over. Y'all know what 7-Elevens are capable of. But we'll see. We'll see. We got to wait till Saturday. We got we got, we got a couple days in between. We're going we gonna to see. Um, Next game I want to speak on. Oh, dang. I was talking about the Celtics for a long time. Let's take a short break, and then we're going to do a short segment for these last two teams.
and we are back. Man, that first segment, <laughs> y'all, I was rambling. I was just going on. You know I'm a Celtics fan. Y'all know I'll ride or die with my seeds. So that was the main game I was watching throughout the night. And I'm I'm usually going to have more to say about the Celtics than I am about any other team because, obviously, that's the team I watch the most. I watch every single game. I'm, I'm, I'm tuned in. When I watch the Celtics play, I'm tuned in to a different level than I'm watching obviously any of these other teams play because i'm watching these other teams play i'm just watching for enjoyment when i'm watching the celtics i'm like this is my team i'm locked in i feel like this is a different level but anyways we're gonna do it we, we already done wasted a lot of your time i'm not gonna say waste because i know y'all enjoyed that segment just like i did we already we already took up a lot of your valuable time and i know it's early in the morning you got to get to work you got to do everything you got to do your car ride might be almost over right now and you're like dang we still in here i still like my my commute to work i only got like five more minutes till i get to work and we haven't even finished the pod yet or you or you clean or you showering whatever you doing while you listening to the pod and you're like dang we're going longer than usual when it comes to these sports they these these playoff runs so anyway let's jump into the 76ers raptors and shout out joe and b Child Joel and B. The the Raptors. The Raptors go down 3-0. The Raptors did all that talking and complaining. And the Raptors came out hot tonight. The Raptors did. They came out hot tonight. Early on, they were they it, it was raining threes. It was raining threes early on. And they looked good. They looked really good. You saw Precious come in there. He had 20. He was very efficient. Hit two threes. Like pressure came in there cooking. Gary Trent Jr. was out there cooking. OG Onanobi was out there cooking. Y'all know where I'm going with this. Where were y'all's two stars? Where were they? Where were they? Where was baby Drake at? Baby Drake has been playing putrid this series. Putrid. And no, I'm not giving him a pass. No, I'm not giving him a pass. Because people were telling me that he was shooting 10 threes a game, and when Curry was, y'all know I'm a huge Curry fanboy, when Curry was struggling, they t- they were telling me Fred Van Fleet a better shooter than him. Fred Van Fleet at this point is just a better point guard. Fred Van Fleet this, Fred Van Fleet that. Fred Van Fleet is minus 14 in these three games. Fred Van Fleet is averaging 16 points in these three games. Fred Van Fleet is shooting 35% from the field, 33% from the three-point line in these three games. But y'all told me baby Drake was him. Child Fred Van Fleet, amazing story. Amazing, you know, undrafted to all-star caliber player. But he's not showing up when it matters. He's not. And Toronto was beating their chest, talking all this other stuff. So I just want to I just want I just want to see where y'all beating y'all chest still. Y'all still beating y'all chest over there? Let me know. How y'all doing, Canada? How y'all doing, Toronto? How y'all doing? How y'all feeling right now? Okay. People told me Pascal Siakam was better than Jason Tatum. What Pascal doing right now? What was Pascal tonight? Where was he? 
12, 5, and 4, 6 to 16. Where was he? Where was he in the fourth quarter in overtime? Oh, all right. All right. In the fourth quarter in overtime, man, that man disappeared. That man disappeared. He was nowhere. In this playoff series, these three games, he got he he didn't get y'all eighteen, six and five. On putrid shooting on forty percent from the field, twenty percent from the three point line. Minus fifteen. That's that man. Shout out to Pascal. I still think he should be um in consideration for that all NBA. Like I told y'all before, I'm giving that last all NBA spot to Jimmy Butler. But if you made the argument for Pascal, I can't get mad at you. But I know it's a regular season war, not a uh, postseason. But you and I both know they they can that they both they we both of us both know that they use the early part of the excuse me postseason as well to do this stuff. And we, we we all know that. Even though it's a regular season war, it's not all the regular season. I don't know. I don't know. I saw Raptors fans whining saying that Joel and B is all the free throw. They've been wrong about the past two games. Joel and B didn't get the free throw like that. They were tighter with the whistle this game. They were much tighter with the whistle this game. And y'all still lost. So explain it to me. I'm still confused by that notion when you put a six eight guy on a seven foot the the leading scorer in the NBA a seven footer and y'all expect something other than fouls to happen. Um, especially when they're not like all defensive caliber guys, you're just like, okay, this guy's six eight, this guy's six nine, this guy's six eight, and yeah, they're solid defenders, but they're not like great defenders, and they're not great rim protectors or anything like that. We're just or paint um defenders, so we're just gonna put them there and hope that just because they're tall and they're long and they can be annoying that they cause havoc. Like I, I I don't I don't understand why you think that won't get you some free throws, especially when you know how Joel and B is to where he does foul bait a bit. Well, I'm saying a bit, but he does foul bait a lot. So to see something like that and think, oh, yeah, we're just going to do this, that, that kind of, I don't know. I don't know. That might, that doesn't make sense to me. But Joel and B did what he was supposed to do. 33-13-2. James Harden, like I said, full-on playmaker, 19-6-10. That man, that's all he is at this point, a playmaker. Um, he fouled out. He's lucky that Joel Embiid saved the day because, because Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey are hooping and they're winning games. People are ignoring Harden's poor play or his poor scoring. And Harden hasn't been playing to the caliber we, we expected when we saw him come to Philly. But because they're winning, it doesn't matter. Nobody knows who's paying attention. If they were to be losing, if they'd be down in this series, oh, people would be slandering Harden. But because they're winning, you know, winning fixes all. Nobody cares because they're winning. Tyrese Maxey, he didn't shoot as well this game, but he still gave you 19. Tobias Harris went back to normal Tobias Harris. Um, Danny Green was, they, they had to calm him down because he over here trying to beef with people. And it's like, you're a vet. You know better. These guys shouldn't be calming you down. You should be calming the other guys down. I don't know. He's... You're a vet. Like you know better than that. Like stop that. Like stop that. You 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 know better than that. But Joel and B, man, look at the age of basketball we in right now. We're gonna do another segment about this later. 
But I hate I hate the argument of oh you put this person back in their sixties, put this boy back in their fifties, seventies, blah blah blah. They're gonna be they gonna be cooking. They gonna be doing that. Like these these players are so much better. Obviously Sherlock Holmes that the players nowadays are better than you take the players. It is twenty twenty two. We got better players in twenty twenty two than we did in two thousand ten. We got better players in twenty twenty I mean in twenty ten than we had in two thousand. Obviously players keep getting better. People obviously are starting to play basketball earlier. You're starting to get better trainers. You're starting to find out more about the game. As the game evolves, so do the players. In 2080, the players in 2080 are going to look at the people in 2000s and 20, 2020s that y'all that we love right now and be like, and eh, who are these people? Who are these people? Now, we're much better than like that. People going to be looking at like people like LeBron and they're like, eh. He was playing against plumbers. That's what. That's literally going to be the argument. They're going to be like, he was going against, like, you see this player right here? You see these players? He was going against this type of player. Like, they're, no, no, no. Look at LeBron. Like, the same thing. People do that with Mike right now already. And so you think they're not going to do that with the 60s players? They're talking because people have been slandering Bob Cousy. People slandered the 90s basketball. And people, you know, old heads be like, no, 90s basketball, this, that, that. Like, n- like let's be realistic. The players in 2022 would dominate the 90s. I'm I'm tired of people trying to act like they they wouldn't. Like they they literally would. They they literally would. Like it's just it's just that simple. Like players nowadays are just so much so much better. Like the bench players are more skilled. They're more talented. They're they're just so much better nowadays than they than players were back then because the game is different. Like it just is. Like you had great shooters back then. They were shooting like only a couple threes a game, like three, four threes a game, and shooting like thirty-five, thirty-six percent, and thinking they were like they were like they were like the best shooters in the league. Now you have players shooting well over forty percent from the three, and they're shooting like ten a game. Like that's like that's like it's night and day. Like those players like that, you're like, hold up, hold up, yeah, we have anomalies like that here and there. But that's the norm nowadays. That's what I'm saying. Like the game changes. Like I, I'm tired of people being ignorant. We're gonna do a segment about that because people are just ignorant, and I, that's such a flawed argument, a flawed uh, mindset. Because you gotta just really, you gotta be uh, like I said. It's the game's constantly changing, so to try to compare things like that without using context is just ignorant to me. Um, but I say that because. When Joel and B came out here as a seven footer, very skilled center, and the shot to take us the shot to take us into the overtime where he did the three, he tried to pull a three to go into overtime. People were like, "Why is a seven footer? Why is he not posting up? He's a seven foot center." And then when he hit the same shot in overtime, people were like, "Oh, that's a seven footer. He's supposed to be in the paint." Like blah blah blah. You you saw some people be like, "Oh, that's crazy how skilled he is," and he saw other people get upset by a seven footer sitting out there and taking a three rather than trying to get in the paint for the game winner. And you saw a lot of old heads complaining about that, and I just don't understand that. I don't I don't understand it because I'm like, you should be happy the game's evolving more and more skilled. Like, this isn't the 80s, the 90s, the early 2000s, where a big man has to, you just because you're seven feet tall, you have to stay close to the basket and score down there. Joel B is very capable of being a traditional post score scoring in the paint, but he can also score at all three levels. Like he, he he can score anywhere. So why would he limit his game because he wants to be the traditional big man that y'all want him to be? Bump all that. 
bump out of the game's evolving. Y'all know the game revolves around the three-point shot now. The game's revolving. And then the last game of the night, um, we're going to keep this one really short because um, there's there, there's not much to say about this one. Uh, shout out to the Bulls stealing the home court. Shout out to the Bulls. The Bucks ducked the um, Brooklyn Nets, and looking at how the Brooklyn Nets looking, the Bucks would have destroyed the Brooklyn Nets. The Bucks ducked the Brooklyn Nets to play the Bulls, and they already won one. Like, let's be, I, I know I'm joking, I'm saying that, but we all know that the Bucks are really going to come out and still win this series. But I just think it's ironic that something like that happened. DeMar DeRozan went crazy. He dropped 40, well, he dropped 41 to be exact. Zach Levine, it was supposed to be the number one option. And with DeRozan here, we've been seeing Zach Levine take a lot of back seats. Like, he doesn't try to shoot the ball. He's not as aggressive. The only time you really see him be aggressive and try to shoot is really if DeRozan is struggling or DeRozan's not on the court. He clearly has taken that back seat, which is kind of upsetting to me because I was ready for Zach Levine to take that next step as one of the best scorers in the league. But it looks like he does, him, he himself doesn't want to be that number one option. He's comfortable playing that number two, and that's a good thing and a bad. Like, that's a good thing because it's like, hey, you have an unselfish star who's like, hey, I'm going to do whatever we need to do at this moment. So I, I like that in a way, but his playmaking isn't there to the point where that says the same thing. Like, his mentality, like, I'll take the back seat, but his playmaking, it's not like he steps up as a playmaker because he's taking a back seat, which is weird to me. I don't know. It's a, exactly. It's a weird dynamic. Zach Levine's weird in that regard. Um, Alex Caruso came out here. He's playing. He's basically playing the Lonzo role while Lonzo's out, and he's doing it phenomenally. He had nine and ten, playing elite defense, and he he came out with three threes. Was had the highest plus minus on the entire team. He came out there, did what he's supposed to do. And shout out to Alex Caruso. L- Lakers dropped the ball there, and I love when the Lakers drop the ball. Um, Vucevic came out there and he was balling 24 and 13. We were talking about the pick and roll earlier with Daniel Tice. Shoot. They put Vucevic in that pick and roll versus Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez was food. Brooke Lopez was literally food. It was pick and roll. Vucevic, get a boop, bat, bucket, pick and roll, bucket, pick and stop midway, mid-range, bucket. Oh, Pick, oh, we're going to pop this time. Bucket, I can shoot. Don't forget I can shoot now. He get, got me four of them things. Man, Vucevic was hooping. Like, Brooke Lopez literally couldn't do anything about it. And that's the crazy part. Um, Like, Pat Williams was okay. Uh, I know I saw a lot of Bulls fans complaining that Tristan Thompson's getting minutes. And they were like, why Why? Why is Tristan Thompson getting, getting playoff minutes against the Bucks?" Especially when he's not contributing much, but I mean, I think it's just uh you throw it's 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 more of a scheme to tire Giannis out by throwing bodies at him. I know most teams go to like a eight man rotation. That's like the universal thing to go to an eight man rotation when it comes to the playoffs. But the Bulls are keeping a larger rotation with like ten players because they're using those extra bodies just to throw bodies at Giannis. I don't think going into this next series they're gonna keep. This um, if if I'm saying if they were to win and they were to match up with either the Celtics or Brooklyn next series, I don't think that they would keep this ten man rotation. I think that's when they would cut it down to eight because then they wouldn't be going against um a dominant paint like 
presence, like, so you wouldn't be going against, like, a Giannis or Joel Embiid or anything. So you could be like, okay, now we can cut our rotation down and get back to our normal, our the playoff rotation we want to go to until we fall into, like, the 76ers again. That's that, that's just I don't know. I'm just trying to understand what the coach is going, but that's the only thing I the only reason I can think of to be keeping a ten man rotation instead of cutting it down to eight. Um I know people were slandering Giannis for DeMar DeRozan going at him and being like that's supposed to be that's a former DPOY, that's supposed to be one of the best defenders in the league. How many times I gotta tell y'all? Phenomenal offense will always be phenomenal defense. It just will. If you are feeling it, like you having one of those nights where you're dropping 40, 50, 60, like when you're, you are in the zone, shout out to Colonel Cardone Basket, when you are in the zone, it don't matter what kind of defense somebody puts on you, you are hitting your shots. You are on another level. DeMar DeRozan was in the zone, in the mid-range, in the paint, everything. People are like, oh, well, Giannis right there, right? Gian- Look, go back. If y'all haven't, go back, watch, rewatch the game, or just go watch, rewatch the highlights. Go rewatch just DeRozan's 41 points in his highlights. Look at every single time Giannis is guarding him. Giannis is playing great defense. Like, Giannis is right there, not giving him any kind of space. That's a 6'11", 7-footer, all up in your face, hand contested. And DeRozan's just fading, hitting mid-range jump, stopping, popping over those. He's, like, just shooting over them and hitting tough, contorting his body shots. And it's just like, bro, that's not Giannis's fault. Give DeRozan his credit. That man cooking. That's all that is. That man is cooking. He's just in the zone. Like, stop. Like, like, there's nothing Giannis can do. Like, Giannis is playing phenomenal defense. And, like, usually those shots aren't going to always fall. Those shots aren't going to always fall. Like, that's what I said, phenomenal offense. Like, sometimes it's just going to be good, great offense. It's just going to be cool. It's going to be good offense. And that good offense, he's just having a good offensive night. He's like, okay, good offense night. Drop, like, 28, 30 points. Something like that. Good offense tonight. Those shots aren't necessarily going to fall because on a good night, those shots don't fall. On a great, phenomenal night, those shots fall. It's just uh, you just have you just have phenomenal, talented scores like that to where things like that happen. But going to the other side, Giannis dominated, of course. He had 33-18-9. He did what he was supposed to do. Drew Holiday, 15-6-6. Brooke Lopez, 25-6-1. I know I was just slandering Brooke Lopez because on the defensive side, he was food. Offensively, he got his, he got his get back, but he was food on that other end. Um, Chris Middleton had eighteen and eight. Uh, Chris Middleton is what worries me. I was talking about that's what I'm gonna get to later. Uh, yeah, with the whole luck thing, we just I pray I, I I pray Chris Middleton gets a speedy recovery. I pray that this doesn't derail the Bucks season, especially when they're trying to repeat. And I know how NBA media and NBA Twitter can be. To where I know I realized like you don't get a break, you don't get a pass, and they're not gonna give them a pass in any way. And they're gonna they're gonna slander Giannis and they're gonna I'm fine with them not giving him a pass and being like you have to step up and still do it while he's out. But they're not gonna just say that. They're gonna they're gonna try to take away his achievements. 
And I don't like when people do. They're going to be like, well, last year was just a fluke. He didn't see. I told y'all they didn't earn that championship. I told y'all they were fakes and all this other stuff. And it's like, I don't like when people do that. I don't, I don't like I don't like that whole narrative. Like, I, like it's okay when you joke around because I joke around, like, mess around. Like, like if I, my friend's a fan of that team, I'll joke around in that regard. But when people are serious and try to take achievements away from players, I, I don't really rock with that. And so I know that's what's gonna that's gonna be the narrative that Giannis didn't deserve it. Giannis is overrated. He's not comparable to all these other all time greats because he couldn't do it without his co star. But not many players can. And if you are one of those players, that's why you're one of those great players. Because like you, if if you like, I'm cool with like your player going down, your number two option going down. But if you ball out and your other the rest of your team doesn't step up, like you did your job. But if you don't step up and the rest of your guys step up, then it's like, that's on you. That's on you. And so you have to still step up, and you have to just play phenomenal. And we don't, like, his MRI is later tonight. He sprained his MCL, and that can go anywhere from a couple days. He can only be out a couple days, and he could be back Sunday. Or he could be out a couple months and miss the rest of the playoffs. Um, We don't know. We won't know till later today. Today, and they'll they'll have a better time frame later today, and we'll just have to see how it is. If they don't have Chris Middleton and they don't have that second option, Bobby Portis also went down earlier, but it wasn't like anything serious. He just he got hit in the eye. His eye was bleeding, and he just missed the rest of the game. But he should be back by Sunday. Um, I just I just really hope Chris Middleton gets back because if he doesn't, though, Drew Holiday got to step up. All those other players got to step up in his absence. And we'll see how it goes. But anyways, guys, I said I was going to be short, and it wasn't short either. This has been another episode of the Ask Geeks podcast. Always, always, always remember to respect women. But most importantly, remember to respect yourself. And we out. <laughs>